Greetings, Stay Frosty Parkrunners, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Stay Frosty Parkrun podcast. I'm Emu, and I'm going to be your host for the next 20 minutes or so, whilst I talk about running incentives, specifically the Parkrun Milestone t-shirts, free t-shirts, medals, and all the other things you get when you enter a run, apart from the obviously less tangible but arguably more rewarding endorphins and self-satisfaction. The Parkrun Milestone t-shirts were created as a way to reward and act as an incentive for parkrunners to keep going with their parkrun journey. They're completely free, apart from the cost of postage, and can be claimed after your 10th parkrun if you're a junior runner, that's under 17 at the time of your 10th parkrun, after your 25th time volunteering, and subsequently after your 50th, 100th, 250th and 500th parkrun. The largest number of parkruns completed is currently held by Darren Wood, who has just crossed the 700 threshold. It'll be interesting to see if parkrun decides to try and squeeze the number 1000 onto the back of a t-shirt as well. I'll be honest, when I started parkrunning the first time, in around 2013, I really enjoyed it, but my efforts quickly fell by the wayside when I was moving house and starting a new job. The lure of a t-shirt after I'd reached my 50th parkrun or after I'd been running for about a, about a year on a regular basis, it wasn't enough to induce me to continue thereafter until I picked it up again in 2018. After checking my statistics on the Parkrun website, I realised that I already had six runs from 2013. Once Jay joined me, I had one more reason to keep going, and before I knew it, I was on 20, then 30, and now touching distance from my 50th Parkrun. It's quite an exciting prospect, being able to request my first milestone t-shirt. The time really does fly by. And of course, now I'm closing in on the 50th park run, I'm also thinking that 100 really doesn't seem that far away either. Once you've built park run into your life routine, so that it's just assumed that you'll go each week and it's actually more unusual for you not to go, it's easy for the numbers to add up without you realising it. As well as the Milestone t-shirts, Parkrun also offers a selection of products, the purchase of which helps to fund the running of the Parkrun organisation. This includes the apricot range of t-shirts, the barcodes printed onto plastic cards or wristbands, and more recently the new Contra brand of sportswear. The wristbands and the plastic barcode cards are available to order now, as is the Contra clothing. I'll pop the links on my Facebook page in case you're interested in these. Contra was launched in order to cater for every shape and size of runner by altering the fit to suit each runner's needs as well as being manufactured in European countries for fair wages. The wristbands and barcode cards were introduced in response to requests from runners for a more durable barcode than just a piece of paper. You can of course still register for free and print off your barcode on a piece of paper and use this, that's not a problem at all, but all profits from these additional little purchases will be put back into Parkrun. The last news release about the apricot range said that the new designs will be available to order early in the new year, meaning in 2019. I'm personally looking forward to the release of the new apricot t-shirts, as I have an existing long sleeve t-shirt that I bought before, but I don't yet have a short sleeve t-shirt, and quite often I like to wear a short sleeve t-shirt over a longer sleeve one, especially when the weather's a little bit cold. As well as the parkrun incentives and products, there are, of course, the rewards you can get when you enter organised races and runs. As well as the feel-good factor from completing any of these challenges, one of the main rewards is the medal that you're normally awarded after you cross the finishing line. 
I've always been a bit of a collector in general, but there's something very satisfying about collecting medals. Probably because as a token, which is fairly easy to store, it's nice to feel you've earned the medal. The tradition of awarding medals at athletic competitions dates back over a century to Europe, where it became commonplace following the first modern Olympics in 1896. They started as coin-like tokens, but when people started to drill holes in them and attaching ribbons to wear them and show off their accomplishments, the modern medal with a neck strap was born. I haven't personally entered enough runs yet to have a problem with storing my medals, which are currently located in a lunchbox-sized tin. I get them out each time I add a new one and take a picture, but it would be nice to have them on display at some point. There are lots of ideas online for ways to display your medals, obviously space-depending, Many people seem to hang them on the walls in their bathrooms, which I guess makes a good talking piece, but if your bathroom isn't very well ventilated, might result in some of the medals tarnishing or the straps perishing with time. Other suggestions include hanging them on a rail or stick so that they're displayed side by side, framing them with possibly uh, your bib number or your photo from your run that you've completed, and a lot of people create a presentation plaque for their wall like a, a key hook hanger to show them off, maybe with an inspiration or above, sort of indicating that you've earned all these medals or something like that. Depending on the number of races you enter, I'm personally quite fond of the idea of either picking a few select medals, which mean a lot more to you, or displaying the medals for the previous year only, which would mean that they are changed periodically and gives you a little bit more variety. It would also mean only displaying part of your collection, which would therefore take up a bit less space as well. You sometimes also get a goodie bag, depending on the race entered, and this can include bandanas or sweatbands, water bottles, drawstring sports bags, and other sporting goods or foods. The goodie pack usually arrives with your timing chip and bib or race number, along with the free t-shirt. I like having a t-shirt memento to remind me of the runs I've completed, but they do take up a lot more space than the medals, which can make it difficult to store them once you've done a certain number of runs. In addition, if they're not sports t-shirts, i.e. made of lightweight, sweat-wicking fabric, then you might find you end up wearing them less because they're not suitable for running. The exception here, of course, is when a t-shirt is really well designed, in which case it could go into your everyday wear wardrobe. I suppose the sensible thing to do would be to give away some of the older ones to charity, but as I've said, I personally am a little bit of a collector, and I do find it quite difficult to give something up, especially if I've earned it by running a long distance for it. Again, I know the t-shirts could be framed and displayed on the wall, maybe with the medal and or the bib number you've received for that race, but there again, they do, could take up a lot of space if you had them all laid out on one wall. The thing that Jay and I are getting into lately is actually the virtual race. In December, I was lured in by a rather pretty festive medal which could be earned by completing a choice of 25, 50, 100 or 200 miles cumulatively in a month. You could pay £10 to enter and earn the medal, or I think it was 12 or £14, I can't remember which, for a compression t-shirt and the medal at the end of the month. Having no interest in any more t-shirts, I entered for the medal only and was pleasantly surprised when the nicely weighted, well-designed medal appeared in our post box at the beginning of January. Jay, on seeing the medal I got in December, also decided to enter in January. As well as building up our medal collection, it's a great way to motivate yourself to do more midweek runs, as any run you can record using Strava, Garmin or another app can count towards your monthly total. At the end of the month, you can submit a screenshot of your total mileage for that month, and you'll be sent your medal. 
There are, of course, ways that you could fake your miles, but I guess if you've paid for your medal, you're really only cheating yourself by doing that. For the Race at Your Pace setup, which is the one that we're currently using, there's also a loyalty reward where if you complete a challenge each month, you get another medal at the end of the year with your total mileage for the year on it. Be warned though, this kind of thing does get a little bit addictive, especially if the medals, as this one seems to be, come out with a different design each month. The long and short of it is that there are lots of items that you can collect as mementos of your running achievements. They are seldom free, like the Parkrun t-shirts, Usually it's included as part of the entry fee that you pay, but they do serve as a nice reminder of the challenges you've completed, however you might decide to display them or keep them. So this week, I'm very delighted to announce that my star park runner is... Maud Hodson, who ran at Barking this weekend. Maud has 264 park runs and was aiming to run in under 23 minutes and achieve an age grading of over 70%. And I'm very pleased to say that she did both. She completed Barking Park Run in 22 minutes and 52 seconds. Well done, Maud. It's a very impressive achievement. Even more so when you consider that the last time she ran under 23 minutes was actually in 2015. Massive congratulations to you, Maud. Well done. If you know someone who has just got a new PB, just started park running, or reached a milestone which you think deserves a celebration, you can drop me a message and nominate them to be my star park runner of the week, and I'll give them a mention on next week's podcast. Now, moving on to my featured park run, this week's takes us over to a park run whose numbers have seemingly exploded since the new year, Clapham Common Park Run in Wandsworth. You can get there by train and or bus, when I went, I actually walked from Clapham Junction Station as I found it was an, uh, it was uphill, so it was a nice bit of a warm-up before the start. Other options are to travel to underground stations, Clapham South or Clapham Common, and you can walk about 1.2 kilometres, or you can catch the buses 35, 37, 50, 155 or 249. You can also catch the 35 or the 37 from the Clapham Junction direction if you don't fancy the walk. This course is run around Clapham Common in two laps and is fairly flat all the way around with only very minor inclines where they occur. The start is located close to the football pitches by Broomwood Road. The surfaces are a mix of tarmac paths, grass, dirt tracks and I'd imagine it does get a little muddy after a lot of rain. The course is also listed as unsuitable for buggies. There are toilets available before the start, which are next to Clapham Playground, and toilets that are open after 9am at La Baita Cafe on the Common by the Victorian Bandstand. Please note that the bag drop area is about 550 metres away, so it's a good idea to arrive in good time to allow yourself time to nip to the loo if you want to, and then time to drop your bag off before proceeding to the start. Volunteer numbers have ranged recently from about 30 to 35, with 31 volunteering at this week's event. As I mentioned, runner numbers seem to have exploded in January this year, with nothing lower than an attendance of 814 park runners, which is how many there were this weekend. To put it in a bit of perspective, before the 1st of January this year, the highest attendance ever before was 640, which was on the 3rd of November in 2018. 
Clapham Common Park Run only started on the 24th of March 2018. The latest event number was 38. And given the way the numbers have grown, I think it must be fulfilling a desperate need in the local community. I know that currently there are only two park runs in the borough of Wandsworth, which may explain the high numbers at Clapham. The council are a lot more cautious than they are in other boroughs about agreeing to set up new park runs due to concerns for other park users and damage that might be caused to the park. The irony is, of course, that if there were more park runs in Wandsworth, there would be fewer runners at each event and the risk of damage or disruption to the park would be greatly lessened. The longest debate which seems to be going on is whether to set up a park run in the iconic Battersea Park. I found reference to a news article which hinted at it happening as far back as 2010. But for the most recent news relating to the matter, published on the 23rd of January this year, it mentions that it has passed preliminary discussions but still needs to be officially approved before it is likely to happen. Well, it's been dragging on for a while, so I guess we just have to watch this space. A little sidetrack there, but um, Clapham Common Park Run was very enjoyable. My only concern, as I mentioned it when I actually ran it, was the uh, self-seeding system where, due to the number of people, everyone tended to place themselves in a slightly higher bracket than they were able to run, and there was a slight bottleneck shortly after the start of the run. If a park run does start in Battersea Park, I imagine a lot of the park runners may start spreading between Clapham Common and Battersea, which would ease the numbers currently attending park run in Clapham Common. And that noise means it's time to give a shout out to any upcoming park run events. Celebrating their first anniversary soon is Sirencester Parkrun, who started up on the 3rd of February in 2018. It's a second anniversary for Blackpool Parkrun. Their start date was on the 4th of February 2017. Bevendeen Down Parkrun will soon be celebrating their third anniversary, having started on the 6th of February in 2016. South Oxhay Parkrun is going to be celebrating their fourth anniversary at the end of this month. They started on the 31st of January 2015. And Carrick-Fergus Parkrun will be celebrating their fifth anniversary at the beginning of February, having started on the 1st of February in 2014. It's also sixth anniversary for Wolverhampton Parkrun, Hillsborough Parkrun and Temple Newsom Parkrun, all of whom started up on the 2nd of February in 2013. It's a double celebration for Bexley and Marlend Parkruns, both of which started on the 4th of February in 2012, which makes this their 7th anniversaries. Bolton Park Run will be celebrating their 8th anniversary after starting on the 5th of February in 2011, and finally Coventry Park Run is celebrating its 9th anniversary. They started on the 6th of February in 2010. Happy birthday to all these park runs and any others celebrating an anniversary on or any other special events. If your local park run has a special event coming up which you'd like to hear mentioned on my podcast, you can simply drop me a message on the Facebook page or send me an email to stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com. And finally, for this week, it's on to our park runs. So the weather was a little milder, although very breezy. Nikki ran at Barking and Jay and I went to our home park run of South Norwood. 
Nikki, who was aiming to duck under the 23-minute barrier, came tantalisingly close, completing her run in a new PB time of 23 minutes and 2 seconds. She was the second female finisher, and this park run takes her total up to 29 park runs. At South Norwood, we had some lovely volunteers from Good Gym who came along to act as pacers for our park run. They volunteered to help local community by doing good deeds whilst getting fit at the same time. In the words of one of the volunteers, for example, we run to an elderly person's home, spend an hour with them, and then run away again. It seemed like a good cause at any rate. Jay completed his run with only one small walk break and finished in a time of 28 minutes and 3 seconds. He was a little frustrated as it's broken his run of sub-28 minute runs, if you'll pardon the pun, but he was happy with his effort overall as he felt like he wasn't pushing himself too hard and he could go faster in the future. I set off at a fairly rapid pace, but once again felt in control the whole way round. When the 26-minute pacer overtook me, I followed him for half the first lap and a large portion of the second lap, but it didn't feel as as difficult as I would have expected. This thought was reinforced when I saw him sort of touching his side occasionally, like he might have a slight stitch or something, so I thought he may be struggling. So I overtook him towards the end of the second lap and pushed on to try and beat my overall PB, which I set at Dulwich Park Run last July which was 26 minutes and 17 seconds. I felt like I had a strong finish, and I ended up with a time 26 minutes and 24 seconds. So it's a new PB for South Norwood, but it's still 7 seconds short of my overall PB. I'm happy with the time and the fact that I'm getting slowly closer to my fastest ever time, but I have got my sights firmly set on 26 minutes now. I think I probably should be doing a little more midweek training to try and get my times down. Jay and I are also debating where to run next week. We'd like to get a new letter for our alphabet collection and are willing to travel up to an hour and a half from Croydon. So if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. You can drop me an email on stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or you can make a suggestion on the Facebook page and all suggestions will be welcome. Next week, with so many people seemingly out running at the moment possibly due to New Year's resolutions, but also likely because of approaching races like marathons and half marathons. So next week I'm going to be taking a look at training for longer races like 10 kilometres, half marathons and marathons. If you have any tips or advice that you'd like to share, you can simply let me know and I'll include them in next week's pod. All that remains to say is thank you very much for listening. I hope you've all had great park runs this week and I hope you all have a lovely week leading up to the next park run next Saturday. Take care, stay frosty park runners, and I'll see you all next week.